1: I trust in you. Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you for blessing us and giving us your wisdom today concerning the days to come that we might cooperate with you in all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to talk about the return of the elect apostates and uh, this first revelation i'm going to share with you is the blood of the children avenged this is a, a transcription from a youtube video from outpouring gates posted on april 23rd 2022 and he said because you are adopted into the family of christ jesus that has no corruption There is a guarantee in this verse in Deuteronomy 32 and 43. Rejoice, O ye nations, with His people, for He will avenge the blood of His servants and will render vengeance to His adversaries and will be merciful unto His land and to His people. You may be tempted to think, Oh no, my adversary is coming against me, but that means that in the court of heaven, you're already, you've already you already been avenged. God has already signed off in his blood. He says, vengeance is mine already. It's not like I have to ask, oh Lord, are you going to defend me? No. It's, okay, Lord, how is it going to happen? Understand what the blood of Jesus is to you. Salvation is salvation. Deliverance is deliverance in totality. Yes, at a point, for a moment, you're going to be used as a measure. You may have to deal with some affliction, but guaranteed there is vengeance coming. That's What God was revealing to me, and that's what God has been saying to me and many of you out there. So rejoice and celebrate, because I saw this vision. There was a puddle of blood in a fair amount on this clay ground. It was so clear. It looked fresh. It was not old or dried up. It was fully preserved blood. I then could tell in the vision that this blood that was spilled on this hardened earth was crying out to God for what had happened. I don't know how to describe it, the blood of this person that was spilled didn't have a mouth, but it was crying out, and I understood that the blood was speaking straight to the Lord. It was like the voice of the blood was going straight up into the sky. And I understood that the blood was crying out to God and what happened to cause uh, the spilling. The crazy thing is, as I was watching this vision, the blood never stopped crying out, it continued and continued and continued. I was sitting here watching this vision, and it literally amazed me how the blood was on a repeat, and it never stopped crying out. It never took a break, and it never seemed to cry out, and then stop, and then cry again. Uh, It kept on going like a broken record. The blood never dried up. It did nothing but continued to cry out look what has happened to me, look what has happened to me, look what has happened to me. It just kept saying this over and over and over. What I feel from the Lord right now is that this is the justice I will serve because it is forefront in my face. I see a vision right now where I see Jesus. He's on his throne right now and before his face is the crying out of the blood. It's not something that enters into his ears, it, it's in his face. And what is happening is that the Lord himself is conducting justice based on that crying out of blood. I see the word children. God is speaking to me, saying children are going to be recompensed for the blood that has cried out. For all the bloodshed that has taken place, God is saying, I'm ruling that in court. And I see Jesus slam down the gavel. Wow, he's going to rule justice from that because he poured life into you. Your own blood is not your own. You didn't say, I need about four quarts of blood for my body to exist. Jesus thought about that because that has spilled out and it wasn't his decision for it to spill out. He's about to spill out his vengeance. I see a roaring fire coming out of Jesus' mouth. I see Jesus' mouth opened and it's just shouting. He's shouting judgments out of his mouth from his court. And they're coming to the earth and shifts are happening on the planet. I'm looking at it right now. It's like from heaven on earth. The Word. It's so amazing. The Word completes itself. And I see the Word being sent out and is conducting completely what God has said. And I see the Word children again. God is going to avenge the children. Well, my own thoughts here is that we have seen this parallel between the children that the deep state faction has slaughtered and the children of God that the church faction has slaughtered. Our dreams have uh, shown them dismembering the children from the body. Okay, back to this revelation the enemy will not last for what they have done. Thank you, Lord. God is going to speak to His children. He's going to let them know that there is a Father who loves them. He's going to approach the children very strongly. They're going to know. I hear it. I just heard the children say, Abba, Father. They're going to go to know, Abba, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So this is what God's will is. It's all being set up. I see politicians going away from the public eye, and they're going into places. I'm not sure where they're going, but I'm seeing politicians right now. I only see the back of them. I can't see their face. I believe this represents D-class, and justice is chasing them. Uh, Not only them, but the... uh, christian side of this faction too they're going to be ashamed okay i see joe biden and he's turning his body he can't show his face and he's going into somewhere else but his head is down it's like he walked from his this stage and his body was turned and his head was down he's making sure he doesn't make himself public anymore But this is symbolizing many politicians. Well, uh, my thought is that uh, a common word that we have received about the church faction is shame. Many verses that we've received for them include the word shame because the Lord has said that all of their evil sins will be known. And that's what people are calling D-class, right? Right? Many of them are going to do an about-face. About-face means to do a 180. It's not like they're covering their face. Their face is down. They can't look at the public anymore. And they're moving into darkness. They're moving away from the stage, the world stage, the public eye. They won't be considered anymore. That's what the Holy Spirit just said to me. They won't be considered anymore. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So, this is the crying out of the blood. Understand that all this bloodshed is before Jesus' face. He's going to take care of what he has to take care of. He's going to fulfill his justice and his judgment. The Lord just said to me, Many will leave the public eye thank you Lord and he said it will be vacant the Lord said empty spaces I'm seeing empty stages empty platforms where they have those public news meetings where politicians give their speeches on CNN NBC and CBS I'm seeing them vacant like there's nobody there anymore God is going to make these things vacant by his hands. I do see Trump again. I see him again. God is going to do something with him. He is not finished. He's not. But put your faith all in Christ, not in one man. Well, amen to that. Thank you, Father. Okay, that's um the vengeance that the Lord is going to bring on the political and uh, Christian side. And uh, this next revelation we called Rachel's children are beloved of the Lord. This was given to Vanessa Weeks on three twenty nine twenty two. I dreamed that I representing a type of Rachel whose children return from the land of the enemy. Uh, Well, Rachel is resting in uh, promises given her here. Um, She is, uh, it says, I was sitting upon my bed and speaking these scriptures. So she's resting in these promises. Colossians 2 and 15, having despoiled the principalities and the powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it so the lord is saying this he's going to do this with these principalities and powers both spiritual and physical okay and he's going to do this with both factions and galatians 220 I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. In that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith which is in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Well, we know the factions have crucified many, and the shame that they will incur Will crucify an elect people coming out from among them because they will recognize their error. Uh, the anointing of the Spirit was very powerful in this dream, she said, uh, especially as I spoke the words, Christ liveth in me, and faith, which I felt was growing in me. So the crucifixion will work this in many people. Amen. Uh, Then I was kneeling on the floor by the bed, interceding to the Lord for my spiritual and physical fruit, my children. So that's Rachel's children, okay? I looked to the right at an open window. Well, there is no window there in real life, so I believe this is seeing spiritually the way the Lord sees. I saw our youngest son, Jed, coming. Jed means beloved of the Lord. In the natural, Jed is not walking with the Lord now and says he's an atheist. Well, in effect, these children who have fallen away are atheists because they do not regard God. Right? In this dream, Jed was two and a half years old and he was excited to see me as he came through the window and crawled on to the bed. The, uh, I believe this is talking about the children of the bride will come out of captivity and into their continual Sabbath rest. Rachel lost her children, born to God's people through Herod's slaughter. But, as we will see, the elect among them will return. The wise men said in uh, Matthew 2, 2 through 7, it says, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and are come to worship him. Okay. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why was Jerusalem troubled? They were expecting their (laughs) Messiah. Uh, but they knew that this was going to upset their apple cart, and they were doing their own thing. Anyway, Herod, who was an Edomite, who represents the factious leadership over the factious people under him in apostate Jerusalem, he and those under him factioned against his elect brothers, representing the contemporaries of the man-child, which he killed. He also is a member of the dragon political system in Revelation 12 who tried to devour the man-child but failed and then went after the woman church. In his office, he represented the religious and political faction who seek to kill the man-child. And, of course, they will fail. Verse 4. And gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written through the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, land of Judah, art in no wise least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come forth a governor. Well, that was the man-child, Jesus. In his day, right? Who shall be shepherd of my people Israel. And we know now that the Lord is coming in a body of the son of David. Again, a corporate body in order to repeat history, which must happen. Verse 7, Then Herod privily called the wise men and learned of them exactly what time the star appeared. And then the wise men found uh, the man-child, as they always do, (laughs) and being uh, warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Now, when they were departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be there until I tell thee, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And so it has been in the spiritual realm. Okay, And he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod. Herod paid, the leadership of the faction paid, uh, just like Judas paid uh, for the death. Okay. Um, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt did I call my son. Well, we know the Herods and the Judases and the deep state elite are ordained to die for their crimes against the children. Okay. Ah, uh, but not all of the children will continue in death. We'll see about that in a moment. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the male children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the borders thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had exactly learned of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be comforted because they are not. In other words, they were killed. But when Herod was dead, because he had to pay the penalty for this, vengeance came upon him. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead that sought the young child's life. And so it will be. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Okay, back to Vanessa's revelation. The idea of my son Jed, the beloved of the Lord, together with the fact that our son was coming back, made me think of Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen through 17. Now here's a wonderful revelation here. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children. She refuseth to be comforted for her children because they are not, they were killed. Verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, For thy work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Oh, catch this. They shall come again, Rachel's children who were killed by the factious, ah, will come again from the land of the enemy. He's calling the land of the enemy death. See, when they're taken into captivity to this reprobation, it's death. They don't know God. 17, and there is hope for thy latter end, says the Lord, and thy children shall come again to their own border. So notice, when the children are in the factious camp, they are considered dead by God. Only when they return to him are they reborn, like the father said of his prodigal son in Luke 15 and 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So you see, okay, now we're not talking about all the people in the faction. Some of them are just total reprobates and they will never return to God. But there is an elect group among them who are true people of God. They were just deceived. Okay. At this point, I saw that I was not wearing a shirt, so I put a blue towel over my chest. The Lord showed me this is me exchanging my own righteousness and works for His heavenly blue, that is, righteousness and works. Jed crawled into my lap, and I was thinking, he is two and a half and has been uh, weaned for a while. Well, you remember Herod killed all those from two years old and younger, right? Um, but some women still nurse their children at this age, and then I woke up. So that was what she was thinking, okay? Uh, and she gave for a verse, Psalm 131, 2 to 3, a song of ascents. Of David. In verse 2 Surely I have stilled and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for this time forth and for evermore. As I was praying about this dream, the Lord showed me that Jed also represents my spiritual fruit of Christ living in me as in Galatians 2 and 20, uh, that I was confessing in the dream. Okay. I thought of the weaned child in Hebrews 5, 13 and 14. For one that partaketh of milk is without experience of the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for full-grown men, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Uh, Also, I looked up weaned and found these verses, Isaiah 28, 9, and 10. Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For it is precept upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And uh, Isaiah 11, 8 and 9. And the sucking child shall play at the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. This reminds of the revelation I got in uh, 2007 of all the animals coming on to the refuge. And they were all at peace with one another. Some people think that's the millennium, but they are wrong. It's talking about the beastly people coming out of the world and coming into the kingdom and being at peace one with another. This is God's promise here. And I did a search on Weaned on the UBM site and saw this from the book, What Has Been Shall Be, in the chapter number 4, pages 90 through 103, titled The Man Child Returns. As a confirmation for this revelation, in the very next morning meeting, after finding this book on the site, we received Ecclesiastes 1 and 9. That which hath been is that which shall be, and that which hath been done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. So this Herod, uh, murdering the children scenario, is being repeated, confirmed right here. It's being confirmed. It's being repeated. Okay, so I'm going to read that part, uh, Jeremiah 31, uh, from the book there. The, uh, The remnant of Israel returns, right? Jeremiah 31 also tells us this story of Ephraim who would come out of bondage, and we saw that was because God raised up the man-child to lead them out of bondage. We see here the same sequence of events. The prince will be raised up from the midst of the people, Jeremiah 31 and 1. At that time, says the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel. All Israel, quote-unquote, as we know from Romans chapter 11, includes everybody who is abiding in the olive tree. Natural Israel, who rejected Jesus, was broken off of the olive tree, and the church was grafted into the olive tree through faith in Jesus Christ. And those true disciples who followed Jesus uh, in the Gospels who were natural Jews, which came into the kingdom, remained in their own olive tree. But it says, all the families of Israel, referring to all Jews, Gentiles, and all those who through faith in Jesus are members of the olive tree, which in Romans eleven twenty-six is called All Israel. Check me out on that. When he's talking about all Israel, he's talking about those Christians who came in, who became spiritual Jews and were grafted into the olive tree. So their theories about all Israel is are wrong. This is all Israel, okay, those in the olive tree. And Jeremiah 31 and 1, At that time, says the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. And this includes the remnant of natural Jews that is to come back in, which I'm calling Benjamin, who was the last fruit of Rachel. Uh, Jeremiah 31 and 2, Thus saith the Lord, the people that were left of the sword found favor in the wilderness. The people who will be left of the sword are the traitorous who will uh, repent in return. There was a sword that came upon Egypt, representing the world, to motivate God's people to be willing to leave the flesh pots of Egypt, to come out from among them, and to be separate, and to worship God in the wilderness. Egypt had to suffer the plagues while God's people in Goshen were separated from Egypt and delivered from those judgments. And then he moved them out of Egypt and into the wilderness, where God could once again deal with them and teach them faith. Jeremiah 31 and 2, Thus saith the Lord, The people that were left of the sword found favor in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. Well, we are so glad um, for our brethren who were deceived by the faction and in apostate churches too, by the way, who will repent and return to God and us. Amen? So, God's plan was to bring Israel into his rest. And, of course, rest means resting from your own works through your faith in the promises, right? Right? Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Again will I build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Okay, so those who are left of the sword will return and be loved of the Lord and he will build them up again. Amen. And then 31 and 4, Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Again shalt thou be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Amen. God's people are going to rejoice when they come out of bondage. When God's people are led out of bondage, it's going to be a time of rejoicing. Jeremiah 31 and 5. Again shalt thou plant vineyards upon the mountains of Samaria, and the planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit thereof. There's going to be freedom for people who have escaped the bondage of the beast in the days to come. That's what Moses came to do. That's what Jesus came to do, and that's what the man-child is coming to do. Escape the bondage of the beast and help the church to do the same. Not everyone is going to escape that bondage. Luke 21 and 36 says, But watch ye at every season, making supplication, that ye may prevail to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. For there shall be a day that the watchman upon the hills of Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion, unto the Lord our God. In other words, uh, the second son is coming out of bondage. Uh, Luke 21 and 7. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout for the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. And, of course, a remnant of the church represents the same thing. And I would say that a good thing to cry today, because that's a good thing to cry today, because here we are again. The beast is about to bring God's people into bondage and overwhelming majority of God's people have been in bondage all along. First one beast and after after that another, right? The bondage that we're talking about is more severe persecution, death, and destruction. Luke 21 and 8, Behold, I will bring them from the north country. Well, the north country is the place of bondage. That's where Babylon brought them into captivity. That's where Assyria brought them into captivity. And that's where the Medes and the Persians ruled over them. Uh, it represents the beast in the north. That's right. Luke 21 and 8. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to say that... Um, They're returning to Zion, as we can see here, but they're not all returning to be in Zion because the rest of the church or Israel encamped around Zion, right? They weren't a member of uh, Jerusalem, which is the bride, but they were underneath the leadership in Jerusalem, okay? Okay. Okay, so this coming out of the north country is, um, is because now God's people are in bondage to the beast all over the world. And now we are not talking about only little Israel who is God's people, but worldwide spiritual Israel who is circumcised in heart, not just in flesh. They're in uh, bondage to the nations in which they live and God is, and by the way, a lot of that is patriotism, uh, a false worship of fallen nations, by the way. You know, they're in bondage to the nations in which they live, and God is calling them out to those nations uh, to be a part of all Israel, one holy nation. Luke 21 and 8. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the uttermost parts of the earth and with them the blind and the lame. So, yes, God's people who are in bondage are quite often blind and lame and God is calling them to be able to see and be able to walk straight before the Lord. The woman with child, and her that travaileth with child, together. In other words, those who have been already born, who have already borne fruit, and those who will bear the fruit of Christ. A great company shall they return hither. There they are coming back. They're going to come back to their borders. It says inside the borders of their promised land. The borders could represent the outline of the way you live, and obviously you want to stay within the boundaries of God's word, so to speak. And that's, by the way, the place that they were blessed, where God said he would bless them, is within the borders. Luke 21 and 9, they shall come with weeping and with supplications, and I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by rivers of waters. Well, amen. Rivers of living waters, which Jesus spoke about. John 7 and 38, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said from within him shall flow rivers of living water but this spake he of the Spirit that they that believed on him were to receive. So this is Spirit words coming out of the mouth of God's people. And you can't find that very often out there right now. They're in apostasy. They've been brought into uh, bondage in Babylonish religion. But as they come out, they will learn not to add to or take from the Word of God, which brings a curse. So, Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus himself brought to his people rivers of living water. That's where their life came from. The word that came out of his mouth. John 6 and 63. It's the spirit that giveth life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I have spoken unto you are spirit and are life. Amen. Jeremiah 31 and 9. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by rivers of waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, um, and declare it in the isles afar off. Well, we are one of those isles afar off here in America. And say, he that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him as shepherd, as a shepherd does his flock. Amen. So the Lord is scattered for reasons of apostasy, and he's going to bring them back. So the Lord who sent his people into bondage in Egypt or in bondage to the nations um, and the faction is going to draw them out now. And uh, this is a time of rejoicing. People are so fearful of the tribulation, but they don't understand that the tribulation is the judgment that's coming upon Egypt so that God's Israelites can come out And go into the wilderness to serve God. So this is a good time coming, a very important time coming. And Vanessa also got this, uh, we called it, My Servants Shall Eat, uh, 4, 15, and 22. An encouragement for what's actually coming on the world right now. Okay. The Lord has been speaking to us about the food supply and that we are not to worry Matthew six twenty five through 34 Therefore I say unto you, Be not anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the food, and the body than raiment? Behold the birds of the heaven, that they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are not ye of much more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit unto the measure of his life? And why are ye anxious concerning raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin, Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God doth so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Be not therefore anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all of these things do the Gentiles seek, uh, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Be not therefore anxious for the morrow, for the morrow shall be anxious for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You can't miss seeking first the kingdom. Saints, you just can't miss. It has eternal rewards. A lot of the things that people run after will all perish, but not seeking the kingdom in your heart. It determines what your eternal life will look like, or even if you have eternal life. On... uh, Four three twenty-two. Ah, uh, she said, I was reading in Isaiah fifty-five one two. Oh, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money, and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which is which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. So once again, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. His ministers go out there and freely share the truth. People are going and paying an awful lot for these truths that they think are truths, but God's saying it's not going to come that way. While I was reading this, my husband Barry came home with a loaf of bread. Praise the Lord. A good confirmation. Um, The same morning, we received Isaiah 51 and 14. The captive exile shall speedily be loosed, and he shall not die and go down into the pit, neither shall his bread fail. Hmm. Then on November the 4th of 2020, when it appeared uh, Trump had lost the election, I was asking the Lord, why did he lose when we fasted for 40 days? <laughs> we weren't, of course, fasting just for that, but many things. Uh, we were hungry, and I was praying for success in the election. And the Lord said, you will not be hungry. Praise the Lord. This reminds me of Isaiah 65, 12 and 13. I will destine you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer, and when I spake, you did not hear, but you did that which was evil in mine eyes, and chose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. Behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. So back to our revelation about Rachel's children uh, from the book. Jeremiah 31, 11. For the Lord hath ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Which is which? It's the beast entity that was stronger than he. We're not talking about a man when we say the beast. We're referring to the whole body of the beast. You're either a part of the body of Christ or you're a part of the body of Antichrist. The Antichrist is the beast kingdom. Jeremiah 31 and 12. And they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. So God is drawing his people to come into his very presence on his holy hill. God told Moses, Certainly, I will be with thee, and this shall be the token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, and you serve God upon this mountain. Exodus 3 and 12. And uh, Jeremiah 31 and 12. And they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, and shall flow unto the goodness of the Lord to the grain, and to the new wine, and to the oil, and to the young of the flock, and of the herd, and their soul shall be as a watered garden. Praise the Lord. So this is talking about the tribulation, and God is going to raise up His people to bear fruit. They're going to be blessed. And they shall not sorrow any more at all. Jeremiah 31 and 13 says, Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them, and make them rejoice from their sorrow. And I will satiate the soul of the priests with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. And then it goes into the text that we started earlier where Rachel was weeping for her children and God was comforting her by telling her not to worry as they would return to their borders. So they are coming back. Yes, they have been taken into bondage and are serving the flesh and are dead to the spiritual world, dead to the kingdom of God. But he is going to change all of that, and that's what God is saying. Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-one. Set thee up waymarks, make thee guideposts, and set thy heart towards the highway. Well, this refers to the highway of holiness, that uh, Isaiah thirty-five and eight said leads to Zion. Amen. Why would the people go to Zion? Because that's where their true leadership is. Okay. Um, We know that in, uh, in David's leadership, which was in Zion, the people who were leaders over the rest of the church, so to speak, at that time, Uh, were there to represent them in Zion, and that's where the leadership and the bride was. Zion was the bride, okay? So even the way which thou wentest, turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. See, those cities out there, they were not Zion, but they were under the authority of Zion, okay? And as such, they were being raised up you know, by Zion. How long wilt thou go hither and thither, O thou backsliding daughter? In other words, while they're out there wandering around in the world, this is where they are supposed to dwell. And these promises are the ones that they're supposed to live upon. And it goes on. It says, For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall encompass a man. Well, God is bringing the virgin into the wilderness to be led by the Davidic man-child. Amen. Uh, the woman encompassing a man is the bride encompassing the man-child? Zion was the bride, according to Revelation, and uh, God told John, come up hither, and I will show thee the bride, Um, Revelation 21 and 9, and he showed him the new Jerusalem coming down, being born from above, Revelation 21 and 10, the man-child David ruled in the midst of Zion. But he also ruled in the midst of the rest of the church outside of Zion. So there is a larger church. And then there is the bride. And there is the man-child. So you see, uh, a woman encompasses a man. Uh, Zion is the first to be restored. And then the apostates will begin to be restored under her. They would be coming to their place, coming to their cities, so on and so forth. This is the new thing that God is going to do. A woman shall encompass a man. It's not a new thing as far as history is concerned. It's a new thing as far as we are concerned in our lifetime because this is an end-time prophecy. Amen? All right, Jeremiah 31 and 23 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, yet again shall they use this speech in the land of Judah and in the cities thereof, when I shall bring again their captivity. Now, this is a strange way to say this in, in our language, right? It's an old English way to say uh, because it sounds like just the opposite in our modern ears but if you would translate that today you would say i will bring them again from the land of their captivity it was very simple it's a good thing to come out of captivity and into the kingdom of god there are only two places that you can dwell in this world you are either in babylon or you are in zion spiritually speaking. And we are coming out of a spiritual Babylon, which is this world. And all the nations of the world were at Babel. Okay. They all came from Babel. And the, and uh, they're all part of spiritual Babylon. But Zion is separate. Zion is that holy place that we're all going to. And God enjoins them to find this highway to Zion, Jeremiah 31:23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, yet again shall they use this speech in the land of Judah and in the cities thereof, When I shall bring, I'm going to put the word them there, because that's what it's talking about, bring them again from, again, I put that word there, uh, their captivity. He's going to bring them again from their captivity. The Lord, bless thee, O habitation of righteousness, O mountain of holiness. Zion represents the place of holiness, the place of separation from the world. Now, we know Zion, in some cases in the Bible, is apostate. It's turned away. And there is an apostate leadership that is turned away from God and turned to doing their own thing. And it always brings destruction upon them and and bringing them into captivity. But when they come out of captivity, repented, that's when you're going to holy Zion, right? (laughs) So Zion represents the place of holiness in this revelation and the place of separation from the world. And that's what holiness or sanctification means. It's the same word, and it means giving up your sins in obedience to following the Lord. And if you're obeying the Lord, you're walking in servitude to the Lord, and you have matured in that obedience to the Lord. And that is what regenerate Zion is. And the apostate church will then begin to be restored around her. First, God restores Zion then he restores the apostate church who is in captivity, right? And this fits with history. Jeremiah 31 and 24. And Judah and all the cities thereof shall dwell therein together, the husbandmen and they that go about with flocks. For I have satiated the weary soul, and every sorrowful soul have I replenished. Upon this I awaked and beheld, and my sleep was sweet unto me. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. And it shall come to pass that, like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to overthrow and to destroy and to afflict, so will I watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. So, while in Babylon, they were living under the curse. Zion is where the curse is done away. So, spiritually speaking, You cannot physically go to Zion because, obviously, there is no physical Zion. (laughs) We are not physical Israelites. We are spiritual Israelites, and we can spiritually go to Zion. It is the place of holiness, the place of God's presence, and the place of His temple. And when we come into the presence of God, that's the place of holiness, And those who were slain by the beast, by Herod, by Pharaoh, by Nebuchadnezzar, by whatever beast conquered them, the elect are going to return to their promised land. And uh, living in the promised land represents resurrection life, the resurrection of God and living on the promises, right? When you're living on the promised land, you're standing on the promises, Amen. The church hasn't learned to do that yet. They don't know how to escape the beast. You escape the the beast by standing on the promises, right? So then we had this uh, part of it called uh, Led by a Child. Uh, This same story is found in Isaiah. Isaiah 11 and 1. And there shall come forth a shoot out of the stock of Jesse and a branch out of his roots shall bear fruit. So this is the branch that in Jeremiah chapters 23 and 33 speak of an end-time David man-child ministry that God is raising up. And this branch represents the man-child ministry in the end time and the one in whom Jesus lives. Because Christ is in you, and Christ in you is the hope of glory, right? Colossians 1 and 27. Uh, The man-child is simply the first fruits of those to come into that image because they have respect for the Word, the only seed that can bring forth Jesus Christ. It has to be a virgin birth. No seed of man can bring forth Jesus Christ. Only the seed of God, which Jesus said, is the Word. Okay, so um, I know a brother who had a dream years ago, and he called me about it, and his name was Tubby, and he said, David, I had this dream where I was talking to you, and I said, David, you remind me of someone I read about in the Bible, and you said, speaking to me, yeah, I know that person and uh, quoted those verses from Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. Uh, what he was saying is that these are going to be an end-time man-child body of people who are going to come into Jesus' image and walk in the Spirit of God uh, who are called the branch in Jeremiah 23 and 33, that branch. Okay, remember Jesus said, I'm divine, you are the branches, right? So, Isaiah 11 and 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither decide after the hearing of his ears. In other words, um, this is a body of people who are walking in the spirit, uh, not in the flesh, nor ruled by their fleshly senses. They have their senses exercised to discern good from evil, as in Hebrews 5 and 14. Okay? And yes, yes, This is a body in whom Jesus lives. So it's still talking about Jesus, you see. Uh, Verse 4, but just as Jesus came in a body, let me say, of the son of David, he is coming in a body of us spiritual sons of David today, right? But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Well, yes, God will use them uh, to judge the wicked. Amen. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist, and faithfulness the girdle of his loins. And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. There we go again. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. So a little child here is the man-child reformers uh, who are going to lead these beastly people to the peace of God. Why these beasts? Well, if you remember Noah's Ark and the people who were saved in the Ark, and the beasts were also saved in the Ark, and they represented the Gentiles. Because when Peter saw the sheet come down out of heaven with all the unclean beasts on it, God told him, rise, Peter, kill and eat, Acts 11 and 7. And Peter said, not so, Lord. For nothing common or unclean has ever entered into my mouth. But the Lord answered, uh, What God hath cleansed? Make not thou common. Verse 9. And this was when Cornelius had sent his servants to Peter to get him to come and preach to them the gospel. Of course, these were Gentiles. Okay. Acts 10, 1 through 8. And Peter got the revelation of, Oh, God has cleansed the Gentiles. Acts 10, 46 and 47. As members of the church. These were people who were members of the body of the beast. Different beasts around the world, as a matter of fact. And they'd come out of this beast and out of that beast. And they were members of those bodies. But now they had come into the kingdom and they were at peace with one another. There's nothing that can bring the world together in peace except God's kingdom. So here you see that God is going to raise up the man-child. He's going to draw his people out of all nations, out of all beast kingdoms. And by the way, Uh, out of their beastly nature, because every man is as a beast, as uh, is said in Ecclesiastes. And by the way, they were all called beast kingdoms by Daniel. He called them all beast kingdoms, just as they are in Revelation chapter 7, called beast kingdoms. So God is going to draw his people out of bondage to all these beast kingdoms, including the one you pledge allegiance to, whoever you are, you know, uh, to come and to dwell in their land, which he called the land of rest, the land of milk and honey, the land of blessings, provision, and everything. So, a little child is going to lead all these people out of their beastly natures to be at peace and to go to their promised land and live on the promises of God. The righteous shall live by faith, the Bible says. Isaiah 11 and 7, And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. <laughs> so in uh, the end of 2007, I saw a vision of this happening and in the vision the Lord was giving me a piece of property and there were all these beasts that were fleeing onto this property from the judgments that were happening outside the boundaries of this property I saw it I was watching it and they were all in total peace with one another all these creatures that normally bite and devour one another Uh, like the nations do, uh, very competitive, right? They were at peace, and God's kingdom was there. His peace was there. The Lord was giving me a house and giving me money to prepare and to provide for these beasts that were giving up their beastly fallen nature and coming to this refuge, right? So, Isaiah 11 and 8 goes on to say, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den in complete safety <laughs> they are not hurt they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain wow so where are these beasts they are seen here at God's holy mountain And a little child, the man-child, shall lead them. And when all the beastly people of the world get saved, uh, when they come out from under the bondage of the beast and come into God's holy mountain, then what it refers to will be fulfilled. And some of these are Rachel's children, about whom she did not have to worry anymore because they are going to be restored. That is, the elect among the faction. Isaiah 11 and 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And it shall come to pass in that day that the root of Jesse... That standeth for the ensign of the peoples, unto him shall the nations seek. And of course, this is the Lord. And we know that the Lord is in people. He that receiveth you receiveth me, he said to his first disciples there. And it's still the same today. Uh, when he comes in his people through his word and his spirit, that's Jesus living in there. And you better respect him, right? And so, uh, and his resting place shall be glorious. Amen. He has a resting place, and it's going to be glorious. That's where they're going, to this holy mountain, this resting place. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will set his hand again, the second time, to recover the remnant of his people. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, that happened, of course, to the Old Testament people, and now it's going to happen to the New Testament people. So, praise the Lord. And he said, uh, he'll recover the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria. Amen. So, Assyria was the beast that conquered God's people and brought them into bondage, but failed to conquer Zion, the bride. And, and God is saying, come back out of bondage, come back out of the north, come back to your promised land. God is telling us to come and dwell in Zion or around Zion, as uh, the, the faction will do, um, in the presence of God on his holy mountain. You cannot dwell on his holy mountain without being holy because the highway is. That goes there is also called the highway of holiness, <laughs> so you have to walk in holiness to get to Zion, Amen. And Zion represents the bride; she is going to be the chosen, as in Esther and in Song of Solomon, from among all of the people of God. You know. So Isaiah eleven eleven. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam. Uh, And these were all the nations that were round about Israel, right? Um and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he will set up an ensign for the nations, and will assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So they're going to become one holy nation, just as Peter said, right? The Lord will gather them. I'm not talking about physical Nation, I'm talking about a nation who is one, okay, coming out of the worldly nations, even though physically speaking they're among them, they are not a part of them, or do they nor do they belong to them, right? So, the Lord will gather them out of all the beast kingdoms to come back and dwell in their promised land. God is going to do this in the spirit uh, in the days to come. And there's going to be a people who will dwell in safety and be uh, blessed of the Lord. All their provision is going to be sure because they are a holy people. And they're not under the curse. Those who walk in rebellion to God are under the curse because that's what the curse was designed to do, is to bring people to repentance so they could turn to God and, and abide in Him, Right? And uh, the curse was pronounced on the people who walked in their stubborn ways. Amen. Isaiah 11 and 13 says, The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and they that vex Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. In other words, there was warfare between these two um, uh, for a long time. But God says, no more. It'll be peace. There will be peace. There will be one. And they shall uh, fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines on the west. Together shall they despoil the children of the east. They shall put forth their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. Well, these, of course, are the factions who factioned against their elite chosen brother Israel. They were kinfolks, but they uh, rebelled and factioned against them. So God judged them. And he will use them to judge them. By the way, it says in that text, judgments are going to fall all over this earth where God's people are being persecuted. And when they were in... When they were in bondage in Egypt, the judgments that we see in the book of Revelation fell upon Egypt in order to deliver God's people out of Egypt and into their promised land. And the Lord uh, will utterly destroy, verse 15, the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his scorching wind will he wave his hand over the river and will smite it into seven streams, and cause men to walk, march over dry shod. Mm-hmm. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria, like as there was for Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. So a remnant will escape the beasts to submit to Zion. Praise God. The sooner the better. Because the first fruits of those that do this are the bride. There's a special reward for the bride. And of course the bride escapes the judgments in the book of Revelation, right? So uh, here's a revelation. The lion of Judah set the captives free. This was given to Eve Brass on nine nine and twenty. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, I had this dream on my grandmother's birthday. Her name was Sally. Sally means princess and is a nickname for Sarah. Grandmother represents uh, the ancient true church. Sarah was the mother of the seed of Abraham, who we are by faith. But the modern church must be delivered to come into this. And 1 Peter 3, 3 3-6 says, "...whose adorning, let it not be outward adorning of braiding of the hair and the wearing of jewels, of gold, or of putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in the incorruptible apparel of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price." For after this manner, aforetime, the holy women also, who hoped in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose children you now are, if you do well and are not put in fear by any terror. So this meek and quiet spirit, right? This is what God wants in his church, and this is what God wants in uh, the wives of the husbands, right? I dreamed that I was standing off on the right side of the sanctuary, in the sanctuary of an old Catholic church, cathedral, like the historic ones that you see over in Europe. Well, Catholicism is a mother of harlots. And if you don't know it already, you soon will and uh and it means its meaning, of course that many apostate churches came out of her. She was a mother of harlots so and this is true, many apostate churches came out of her. I call it a mother, not the mother, okay, so a mother. so all of them are included as members of this mother's body. Catholic means universal representing uh, the worldwide apostate Babylonish church system, right? It's bigger today than it was back when it was first formed, but it still represents what's happening today, a universal church. That's what they're headed towards, right? They, of course, want, they want to force you into it like they forced everybody into that one. So uh, it's history repeating on a larger scales, what I'm talking about. I was nearer to the back of the church where the front doors were located. The doors were double doors made of polished wood with ornate carvings in them, and I could see that all the pews were also very ornate and made of the same polished wood. The cushions on the pews were a faded evergreen color, and there were many colorful statues all around inside the sanctuary. Well, the faded evergreen cushions represent the fading or loss of the true gospel that brings eternal life to those that hear. Uh, green is, represents life. So the apostate church is full of leaven and idolatry. Uh, I was observing the many people who crowded this church. They were all sitting quietly, and they seemed to be waiting for something. Well, maybe a priest or a preacher to teach them, you know. They seem to have been there uh, for a long time, waiting, but no one showed up. Representing those who have been in captivity to the apostate religious system for many years. True. Suddenly, a very large male lion... Uh, I believe this is representing, and she did too, representing Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the man-child. In the man-child, right? So this very large male lion came through the front doors of the cathedral and leaped up onto the top of the pews right in front of me, his front paws on the back of one pew and his back paws on the back of the other pew. And in the dream, I knew that this lion was ready for mating. The lion of Judah wants only his seed, which brings forth his life in the people. The apostates are full of the seed of man and not God. I watched as the the lion lifted his head and let out a fierce and angry roar of jealousy like he was Staking a claim and a dominion over all the people in this church. Well, this roar represents the threat of the Lord's judgment against the apostate church, which we have been warning of. And uh, the deep state leftists will lose their an- anarchist troops, loose their anarchist troops against her in burnings and killings and destruction. We know all this is coming. So Amos 1 and 2, And he said, The Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the pastures of the shepherds shall mourn, and the top of Carmel shall wither. Verses 9 through 12, Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Tyre, yea, for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they delivered up the whole people to Edom. So remember, that's what happened in Jerusalem, too, when they were conquered. uh, They turned the people over to Edom. Herod was an Edomite, and uh, he murdered the children. And uh, so those who hated and persecuted their chosen brother Israel, like Edom, uh, are a type, or Israel as a type of the church. And remembered not to the brotherly covenant. So Edom didn't remember the brotherly covenant between him and uh, Jacob or Israel. He didn't remember it. He broke it. And so God broke him but I will send a fire on the wall of Tyre. I believe this is uh, deep state Babylonish U.S. uh, Tyre out in the sea who was mothered by Sidon on the mainland. And, of course, that represents uh, the United States, which was born of the British Empire. And uh, it shall devour the palaces thereof. Thus saith the Lord: For three transgressions of Edom, that's uh, the faction, yea for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he did did pursue his brother with the sword, and did cast off all pity. And his anger did tear, did tear perpetually, and he kept his wrath for ever. But I will send a fire upon Teman, and it shall devour the palaces of Bozrah. That's Edom's sheepfold, right? And um, their sheepfold are the faction, right? The morning before I began to put notes in this particular dream uh, that was given to Eve, we received by faith at random these confirmations of the lion's roar of threatened judgment. And Amber got uh, Joel three sixteen through 18. And the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be a refuge unto his people and a stronghold to the children of Israel. And, of course, Israel here is as a type of the church many of whom will turn from idolatry with the apostates and run to the shelter of abiding in Jesus the Word, right? Why does it roar from Zion? Because Zion is their capital city. Zion is the bride. Zion is their leadership, uh, which David uh, was the head of. David represents the end time, David, Manchild too a corporate body. Jesus sat on the throne of David in order to rule over the rest of the church, right? Amen. Verse 17. So shall you know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. He wants to make that plain. The revelation that the people in apostasy got when the lion roared uh, below. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. So this is not a physical Jerusalem, because there's lots of strangers there, you know. No, this is spiritual Jerusalem, uh, which cannot be corrupted. It's born from above, the Bible says. Then the fruit of Jesus will be born in his people. Amen. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down sweet wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the brooks of Judah shall flow with waters and a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. Well, also, um, Sue Gilbert got this at that time, Jeremiah 25, 27 through 31. And thou shalt say unto them, that's a Babylonish deep state, I believe. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel drink ye and be drunken, and spew and fall and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you. Now, this is happening now. The sword of the Medio Persian Empire under Cyrus, who is Trump is coming upon them. Okay. And it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup at thy hand to drink, then shalt thou say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, You shall surely drink. Yes, they are refusing, they are fighting, they're scratching and clawing the floor as they're being drugged off. You know? Um, verse 29. For lo, I begin to work evil at the city which is called by my name. And should you be utterly unpunished, you shall not be unpunished. For I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts. So how are they going to punish this Babylonish entity when it's coming upon all the earth? Because these people have taken over the earth. They have cheated their way into the governments, bribed, murdered their way into the governments of the world. So that's where they're being judged. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, The Lord will roar from on high, and utter His voice from His holy habitation. He will mightily roar against His fold. And this is of the apostates. He will give a shout, and they that tread the grapes, against all the inhabitants of the earth. A noise shall come even to the end of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with the nations. Could this be a a nuclear war? Yes, it could be. And he will enter into judgment with all flesh. As for the wicked, he will give them to the sword, says the Lord. It seemed like I was the only one who witnessed any of this and heard his roar. But as soon as the roar went out over the congregation, they all suddenly sat up straight and got a revelation. (laughs) They all quietly arose from their pews and began filing out of the so-called sanctuary. (laughs) The revelation is this apostasy is not truth. They feel a need to shelter from this storm in God and they will seek knowledge of the Lord instead of depending upon religious leaders who have no answers and no salvation. They began to go into the back part of the church where all the Sunday school rooms were and the large cafeteria where the food was to be served. And uh, we see below that the church changed hands to a new pastor at this time. As you know, the lion roared. <laughs> uh, Hosea eleven eight 8-12 How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I cast thee off, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeboiim? My heart is turned within me. My compassions are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee. Oh, this is the new pastor here. (laughs) And I will not come in wrath. They shall walk after the Lord, who will roar like a lion. There he is, the new pastor. For he will roar, and the children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling as a bird out of Egypt and as a dove out of the land of Assyria, which is the beast, right? And I will make them to dwell in their houses, says the Lord. Ephraim Ephraim compasseth me about with falsehood and the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful with the Holy One. So this is the new bride leadership here, right? And Isaiah 42:13 through17. The Lord will go forth as a mighty man. Ooh, there it is again. He will stir up his zeal like a man of war. He will cry, yea, He will shout aloud. He will do mightily against His enemies. I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry out like a travailing woman. I will gasp and pant together. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs. And I will make the rivers islands and will dry up the pools. And I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. In paths that they know not will I lead them. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight in order to get them out of bondage, right? These things will I do, and I will not forsake them. They shall be turned back. They shall be utterly put to shame that trust in graven images that say unto molten images, You are our gods. So when the apostate people knew they needed salvation and answers because of judgment, uh, the man child shows up, 5, five fourteen and fifteen, for I will be unto Ephraim, called literally the fullness of nations in Genesis forty eight nineteen, uh, like its New Testament equivalent, the universal church, both fell into apostasy. Okay, I will be unto Ephraim as a lion. And as a young lion to the house of Judah, I, I, even I, will tear and go away. I will carry off, and there shall be none to deliver. I will go and return unto my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction they will seek me earnestly. Affliction is coming. In 6 and 1, Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He has smitten, and He will bind us up. After two days, that's 2,000 years, right, will He revive us, and on the third day He will raise us up, and we shall live before Him. Let us know, let us follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is as sure as the morning. That's the morning of the third day, right? And he will come unto us, which is where we are now. And he will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain. This is when the latter rain comes. It didn't come back when they said it did. That was the former rain, okay? It's coming now. That watereth the earth. So Jesus in the man-child body of reformers comes in the anointing of of the latter rain. It says there plainly. Then the scene changed. I found myself in the Sunday school nursery. I had an infant boy, three weeks old, that looked like he was uh, of Middle Eastern descent, laying on a changing table in front of me. I believe this is representing the birth of the man-child ministry. And three weeks is 21 days, or three times seven. In the Bible, the number 21 is a symbol of perfection and maturity. It symbolizes the divine wisdom, Quote, mirror of eternal light, which pierces and penetrates all grace in its purity, unquote. And there are 21 chapters in the Gospel of John and 21 attributes of wisdom. I was putting a yellow diaper on him. So he was clothed with the sun, S-U-N, uh, S-O-N. And I realized that I was his mother. The bride is the mother. The bride, even in the midst of the church, is the mother of the man-child. And that he belonged to me. But I wasn't familiar with the father and wondered at the fact that he was so genetically different from me. And I thought in the dream, how can this be that I gave birth to this baby when I didn't know his father? Well, this is a similar story to the story of Jesus' birth. And I believe this baby represents the manifestation of the man-child out of the bride body in the midst of the church body. And also, this is a virgin birth of the man-child as the son of God, uh, or the son of David, excuse me. And the seed of men cannot bring forth the man-child, sons of God, just as the seed of men couldn't bring forth Jesus. It was the seed of the woman that bruised the serpent's head. The son of David came through Mary, who didn't know the father. Did you know that? Mary, too, was later born of the words of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. So at the time, she didn't really know the Father. So this fits perfectly. The Son of God came in the Son of Man. The Spirit Man came in the flesh of man. Romans 1, 3 and 4 says, Concerning His Son who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, who was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Uh, Many of uh, my friends and family were coming to see the baby, representing the promise of household salvation, along with many of the people from the Catholic Church. So the apostates were coming too. Many apostates will turn to the Lord. Many revelations of great evil in their churches will become known now that will open their eyes and their pope. It will open their eyes and people will flood out looking for truth it was very crowded and people were lined up outside of the room waiting in until some left in order that they could come in and be see the baby many people will come from all over to see and hear the man child my best friend from high school rene meaning rebirth <laughs> managed to bypass all the people, representing those born uh, out of the apostasy, right? And she came up to me and looked at the baby and smiled at me and was telling me how special and important this baby was. She said, look at all these people who have come to see him. Yeah, Renee reminds us of, uh, in this dream of the prophetess Anna, who prophesied over Jesus when his parents took him to the temple for circumcision. And Luke two thirty six through 38 And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she had been a widow even unto fourscore and four years who departed not from the temple, worshiping and fastings and supplications night and day. Uh, And coming up to that very hour, she gave thanks unto God and spake of him to all of them that were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. After this, I left the Sunday school area with many other sisters, and we went to cafeteria that was connected to the Sunday school classrooms and we stood in line to get our food. Well, the Sunday school represents the humble beginnings of the gospel, the word which we heard in the beginning. We must become like little children to enter into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. We got up where the cafeteria workers were handing us the plates of food. Well, the food is spiritual food, the manna from heaven. It's from that new pastor, <laughs> the, the word of God that gives life. It's protection, it's deliverance, it's healing. It's all these things that people are about to need very desperately. So they told us that all the food was free from now on per the orders of <laughs> the new pastor. Yes, he's always had those orders, right? The shepherd of the church. The apostate pastors have plundered the people. The new pastor, Jesus, commanded freely you have received, freely give, and get you no gold or silver in your purses. Oh, no, they don't want to hear that. So this morning in our morning meeting, I received by faith at random, Isaiah 55 and 2, in context 1 through 11. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy. And eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money. You have to do it with your life, right? And without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? That's what they do, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight in its fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him, that's Jesus in the man-child body, right, for a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander to the peoples. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and a nation that knew Not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. So seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. You will abundantly pardon, says the Lord. Uh, We were so happy that we didn't have to worry about having money to eat anymore, she said. (laughs) Proverbs 23 and 23. By the truth. Uh, And I say, by giving your old life for the new one. That's how you do it. And sell it not Yea, wisdom and instruction and understanding, he says. So God is calling for a jubilee for his people. We are free in Christ, no longer in bondage to men or religion. The man-child body will declare this jubilee, this liberty, as the man-child Jesus did. Isaiah 61 and 1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he hath sent me to, build, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So, Judy received in our morning meeting Jeremiah 34, 13-17. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, saying, At the end of seven years, in other words, after entering the Sabbath of ceasing from our own works and religion, you shall let go every man his brother, that is a Hebrew, that hath been sold unto thee, and has served thee six years. Thou shalt let him go free from thee. But your fathers hearkened not unto me, neither inclined their ear. And you were now turned, and had done that which is right in mine eyes, in proclaiming liberty to every man his neighbor. And you had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. But you turned and profaned my name, and caused every man his servant, and every man his handmaid, whom you had let go free, at their pleasure, to return, and you brought them into subjection. So after the freedom that Jesus brought us into, men fell into factious religious bondage of denominationalism and sectarianism and brought God's people into bondage. And uh, you brought them into subjection to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore thus saith the Lord, you, shall, you have not hearkened unto me to proclaim liberty every man to his brother and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim unto you a liberty, says the Lord, to the sword and to pestilence and to famine, and I will make you to be tossed to and fro among all the kingdoms of the earth. So isn't it amazing that at this time almost all countries have agreed to a jubilee in which debt is being dissolved between nations and peoples. Yes. O God, we thank you for doing this among your people, for setting the captives free and opening the prison to them that are bound. Amen. So I went over to a table and set my plate down and decided to go and invite others to the cafeteria to eat with us. So me and another sister from UBM went out into the streets around the church to find others and to bring them in. And we saw a brother standing near a stone wall with arms crossed and looking around like he was waiting for something or someone. So that someone is the Lion of Judah, the new pastor who will set the captives free. The Messiah in the man-child has come to feed his people, but like many, the Jews don't recognize this. We went to him and told him to come with us, but he refused. And she, um, you know, um, being troubled about this. Um decided to go and do what she could to compel them to come in, as the Scripture says. And this this gospel that has been rejected by most is um, that salvation, that spirit, soul, and body and circumstances has already come by way of the sacrifice of Jesus. And many are waiting when all they have to do is believe and confess the word. Amen. I asked Father for a word by faith at random for the brother that wouldn't come with us and my finger was on hunted sheep in Jeremiah 50 and 17. Israel is a hunted sheep. The lions have driven him away. First the king of Assyria devoured him and now at last Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, hath broken his bones. So the beast has driven them away from the revelation of the gospel. right. Well, Lord, uh, We ask for your abundant grace to be poured out among your people who are in bondage. We ask it in Jesus' name. We ask that you uh, open the eyes and the ears of the people, that they're not receiving what they need to go through this tribulation, and uh, that they they need to uh, run after Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and forget religion, as so many have, forgotten religion and turned to him and turned away from this worthless thing that men have designed and men have put together. Uh, The seed of men cannot bring forth the life of Christ. Only the word of God, uh, which is the seed that the sower sowed, could bring forth the 30, 60, and 100-fold life of God in the people. So there must be repentance among God's people, a deliverance uh, from all of the garbage that has been uh, uh, put on God's people. And we praise God that he is doing this now. He is opening people's eyes, and people are coming to him and seeking out his salvation and his deliverance. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we praise you that you're going to do, uh, you're going to complete this work in Jesus name.
0: For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post office box twenty three sixteen sixteen 16 Montgomery Alabama 36123 Can quench my thirsting soul pure as water made me whole let your streams of mercy flow oh Jesus I trust in you though the mountains fall in See, though the rivers rise, I still believe, for oh, your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you O oh, sacred heart, in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Lord Jesus, I trust in you Lord Jesus